Hey everybody, just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies, that's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art, or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday, or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot holes a gratuitous movies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. You can hear me fine, right? Yes, yes. You're coming through perfect. I even got you on the headphones here. And uh, again, Dr. Bull, thank you for joining us here on Everything I Learned from Movies. Uh, which is just me right now. Izzy will be home probably in about a half hour. But yeah, th- thank you for joining us. And uh, You know, I said no problem. Happy to be there. Absolutely. Excellent. And uh, we, we understand you have a new Kickstarter that got a few more days left on it. What uh, For season four of Uwe Bull Raw, what's that about? Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, Gary Otto is the producer of the Uber Raw podcast, basically. And um, he, I said from the beginning on, I will deliver videos, but I'm not like paying or something, right? So he has to survive on his own. And that is the Kickstarter to basically pay the production uh, of the podcast. And uh, so it's it's all on him. I'm ready to uh, to do my part to it. Um, but I'm not getting any proceeds of that Kickstarter. Right, excellent. Well, yeah, I mean, you definitely need the, the backing for the producer and everything to, to put out the content, that's for sure. Uh, but, but of course, um, for those of you that haven't heard our original interview, uh, Dr. Uwe Pohl has directed over, over is it over 30 movies? No, like 30 yeah, or 30 or 31 movies total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Including uh, the Blood Rain movies, uh, Far Cry, In the Name of the King, um, in fact, one of the uh, benefits on the uh, Kickstarter was for a, a role in an upcoming In the Name of the King movie. Uh, is, that, yeah. is, is that just hypothetical I have right to now? Say, that is where Gary went uh, a little too far ahead, right? So it's, uh, we, we are in the process of developing um, maybe a TV show of In the Name of the King. What could be interesting, like a prequel, like before Farmer was born and so on, so to go back in time. Uh, they could be interesting, but it's also very early stages. So uh, if if you buy that perk now, you have to maybe wait five years. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's, a, it's an investment in a future career. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be an actor or something. Excellent. And if you want to mind uh, just uh, kind of a quick background of like uh, where you grew up, how you kind of got into the business and uh, just, just do a, a quick few minutes. Uh, you say you grew up in Germany? Yes, uh, in Germany by Cologne, it's uh, very much in the in the most populated, uh, um, basically west of Germany. Uh, there's a little area with like seven or eight towns uh, with 20 million population, very close uh, together, basically. And in I think in US you have that only in, in LA or uh, uh, New York in that area, uh, if 
if right so uh, but it's also a very industrial region so there was the steel industry coal industry chemical industry my father worked at at Bayer Leverkusen where where they make aspirin pills and stuff like this and uh, so that is how I grew up where I grew up uh, I actually worked one and a half years at Bayer Leverkusen in the chemical uh, industry as a student and when I had my time off I made some money there they paid always good like way over minimum wage and um, yeah and then I studied in Cologne and uh, yeah and then started with my best friend Frank Lustig making movies basically and the first one was the German fright movie 1991 uh, like Kentucky Fried movie, uh, German version, basically, uh, making jokes about everything. And, and the idea was to do a compilation film because it's easier. You shoot one scene uh, and you're independently, you can, you can prep the, uh, the next scene two weeks later, but you, you can also, uh, you have different actors, you can have a different crew, uh, and, and in the end you cut it all together, uh, basically, similar to what Kentucky Fried movie did. There was no, uh, there were like parodies of movies, TV shows and stuff like this. And that brought me into the business. So that movie was bought and and um, and then I kept doing four more German movies. And in the year 2000, I did my first American movie with Sanctimony, uh, a serial murder film with Michael Paré, Casper uh, uh, Van Dien, uh, Jennifer Rubin, Catherine Oxenberg. Um, and um, yeah, that was the first step, 2000. And then I made a lot of movies until 2016. And with Rampage 3, I basically, in a way, retired. But I didn't retire uh, because I want to retire. It's basically the DVD market is dead, like the independent film market is yeah. dead. And you know, and now it's it's if you don't have Netflix or whoever pays you to make a movie, uh, you you basically can never refinance a movie. Yeah, they, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and of your movies, is there like a particular one that you're like extremely proud of? Like as far as you know, the, the product obviously on screen, or like circumstances you overcame, or when you really just like the message of? I mean, I, I like the Darfur movie because it pointed out the, the genocide in Darfur um, on like four hundred thousand people basically got hacked into pieces. And uh, the West did nothing, not Europe, not America. We didn't stop it. And I made the movie during the time where it happened. So I, I didn't wait it. Like Hotel Rwanda was done 10 years after the massacres in Rwanda. And uh, I, I hoped with the movie to get the awareness and the support to actually shut that, that massacres down. But it didn't work out. Uh, but it's a very strong movie with real with Sudanese people playing themselves. And um, very nice, I think very good, is the whole Rampage trilogy, all three parts. They are, they are uh, showing this kind of um, yeah crazy domestic terrorism side, what we're facing more and more. I just watched yesterday on Netflix is that uh, alt-right uh, doku. Uh, about the alt-right in the U.S. and the Charlottesville saying where the guy drove with the car in the crowd and killed. Uh, oh, yeah. So this stuff, it's very interesting because it, it shows um, this kind of um, yeah, still uh, racism and, and uh, a craziness, what leads in the end to kind of, uh, let's say, almost civil war situations like in, like in uh, Charlottesville where a lot of people came with guns to the demonstration, and uh, I mean, if it was, it was almost luck that only one person died. Yeah, it would, would be easy to escalate that you have a mass shooting there, and uh, uh, 
that that is um, yeah. I think Rampage brings this to the boiling point in showing Bill Williamson doing all that stuff, and I think it's an it's an important movie. Uh, um, and you have to see it as one long movie. If you see all three parts, it's not like a, a sequel, a sequel, a sequel, like Blood Rain 1, 2, 3, or yeah. Name of the King 1, 2, 3. Uh, it's not more of the same. It, it is a development. It's from a young shooter who basically turns into a real terrorist uh, uh, over 10 years of his lifetime. And the actor aged with it. So Brandon Fletcher, he, he aged with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, see, I've, I've only seen the first one, uh, but uh, yeah, I know the other ones are like on the various streaming formats and stuff. So I'll definitely have to check out the other two, uh, other yeah. two chapters, I guess, of the miniseries. Wow. Yes. Um, yes. And is there like another movie, any movie that you wish you could have like gone back and made like adjustments for, either with like new technology or just maybe a little more time and shooting some of the scenes or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, there are, of course, things I regret, right? Tara Reid in Alone in the Dark, uh, I should not hire her or, <laughs> hire her or whatever and replace her just by a good actress. And, uh, I mean, Blood Rain was kind of the same with Michael Madsen, right? I mean, Michael Madsen is not so embarrassing as an actor, but he was drunk all the time. He was a big uh, ballast, ballast for the for the rest of the crew, for the other actors. And uh, so he dragged everything in a way down. And to shoot in Romania was already hard enough on the Blood Rain uh, movies. And um, so there are things, of course, uh, where I would go back also with Alone in the Dark in general and also in the name of the king to uh, not jump into production too fast, to maybe develop a little longer and find the right script that it's that it's like bulletproof in a way. Uh, but on the other hand, at that point in my career, I was almost um, bound to shoot fast there were like delivery times there were investors in it they wanted uh, uh they, they the money had to get spent in the same year where they invest the money stuff like this so i was kind of uh tied up to uh to follow that kind of money rules uh and i could not say oh now i lean back and write a script myself for the for two years so there was after all that video game based movies after far cry basically then i i kind of pulled the plug and a road postal. Uh, uh, what 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 was definitely the movie where I'm most uh, where we had the most fun uh, during. It's a comedy. I think it's the only video game based movie as a comedy ever made. And I, I think uh, Postal has this kind of uh, yeah the old humor. What you had in Kentucky Fried movie. I came back with Postal back to my German Fried movie uh, uh, roots where where you. Where you make jokes about everything, like no holdbacks, no uh, uh, no self censorship, uh, to show the the strengths of freedom of speech and also uh, the strengths of what you what, uh, you can say whatever you want. I mean, that is one of the big things. What what I think it's right now uh, a little like going down the drain with that overly political correctness is uh, there is a huge difference if you a difference if you say something or if you do something. Right. Yeah. Uh, look at all that sexual harassment claims or whatever. Like Kevin Hart couldn't uh, host the Oscars because 10 years ago he made a gay joke. I mean, yeah. what is that, right? I mean, that is just stupidity poor. And uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's just like ridiculous that people getting outed in a way like uh, uh, pushed out of their uh, business. Uh, uh, 
based on uh, like things they maybe twittered 10 years ago or they said 10 years ago. Uh, there's a huge difference between people like this or you have whatever, Harvey Weinstein, Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey, mm -hmm. who are uh, in a way rapists, right? So, I mean, that is, the, the, I see there, I draw there the line and I think that too many people now getting, getting into uh, massive problems based on... Uh, they said something. Look, Liam Neeson right now was this thing. <laughs> I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, like, like you cannot go now to Jimmy Kimmel, cannot promote his movie. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, and it's idiotic because who of us never thought about revenge? I mean, yeah. uh, let's face it. I mean, from, from childhood on, I had various people. Uh, uh, I would love to smash into a pulp. Right. So but you don't do it because you don't want to go to jail or, you know, you know, or it's too risky or whatever. You think like, oh, it's not worth it. Uh, so in the end, your brain wins and you, you say, I'm just not doing it. But I, I totally thought about that uh, uh, various times in, in my life. Yeah. And it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, in, in my opinion, it's not even like a free speech kind of thing. It's just like, yeah, I had these feelings and I repressed it. Also, I think in his case, it was like, what, 20 or 30 years earlier when it even happened. But yeah, now he's being chastised and it's it's just weird, I think. But so on Uwe Boll Ra, this is the kind of topics you kind of go into, like talking about politics and essentially free speech, getting out uh, not, not just opinions, but just also the facts around them. Is that correct? Yes, I mean, that, I think that is the important thing uh, of, of Football Raw. It's like, in a way, uncensored, R-rated, in, in, in a way. And it's, um, I think it's important to see through, like, a situation and to judge situations not on political party views. It's, it's important to, in a way, stay independent and see things how, how they are, right? So, mm -hmm. and, uh, for example, when now the, the State of the Union happened from, from Trump, so uh, the, the one thing I'm 100% with him is the fact that it doesn't, the, the idea to stop doing any wars in the Middle East and Afghanistan and so on is something I strongly support. You know, I mean, uh, uh, all the other presidents uh, uh, and all of them, I mean, Bush Jr. was in a way uh, the worst because they lied to the public and made Saddam Hussein being uh, uh, like Osama bin Laden's friend. Uh, I mean, that, that was that was almost a crime what he did. But all that was were always completely unnecessary. And they didn't lead, they didn't lead to any kind of better life for anybody in the Middle East. You know, that Gaddafi is gone, didn't make the life in Libya better, or Mubarak in Egypt. I was in Egypt five times on holidays where Mubarak was ruling it. But it was, I mean, I didn't saw people like being being oppressed. I think they had actually better life as now because now everybody's scared to go there for holidays. So mm -hmm. uh, so whole, the whole countries like Morocco, Tunisia, Egypt went down the drain uh, uh, all their income went down the drain because now all the tourists say, who knows what's happening? I'm not going. So, uh, I mean, all that stuff, you know? So, and I think, uh, the idea with Afghanistan was a very bad idea. There's, uh, the, the longest standing troops there are now all German and U S that Germany has the North and U S has the South, uh, of, of Afghanistan. But uh, I talked to uh, German soldiers uh, stations there, and it's just like, it's a slow death. It's this kind of like, you don't change that 
that thousand years old uh, thinking from from yeah. from no side, right? It's not that the Taliban uh, are uh, uh, ten times worse as the the uh, elite ruling there. Uh, they're also oppressed women. They also uh, have the death penalty for all kinds of. Uh, stupid uh, things you know i mean that is the uh, is the point and, and it's also like uh, the, the worst thing is i think is how we handle the whole uh, saudi arab situation i mean uh, uh, trump of trump has business interests there but uh, when you see in the senate or the congress and so on i think that 80% of the people including the republicans they think the khashoggi murder should lead to we should cut our ties with them you know to just say uh, 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 forget it like we're not doing we're not selling you uh, uh, weapons anymore we're not like uh, um, let let travel easy going and so on and so on right so and uh, i have to say canada did a good stand with khashoggi and uh, uh, saudi arab took all uh, foreign exchange students uh, out of canada so they, they got all back to Saudi Arab, and, and I think uh, that was good that Canada didn't push it out, that they felt like, you know, that they said, okay, take your students out, we don't want them, we don't want people here from a regime who basically um, has no problems to kill somebody and hack him into pieces and transport him away in a suitcase. Yeah, they stood by their convictions. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. But, but, but coming back, that was only, I mean, that's the only thing I, I really support Trump because I think it, it, he's, he's dead on there saying all that wars didn't lead to any positive uh, positive things. And I just watched on HBO is a good doku, uh, Baghdad 9-11 uh, or Baghdad Emergency or something. And it's, it's really, it's right now in Baghdad in Iraq, in the U.S. Uh, Army Hospital. And you basically see 75 minutes how one soldier after the other comes in with arms blown off, legs blown off. It's very hard, yeah. but, it's, but it shows also like, I mean, the doctors, they interview the doctors, they interview a, a, a priest too. And the priest, when he's like praying with the soldier, uh, he said like, stop that talk, like the priest says, the senseless war we're doing here. So they totally disillusionized. It's, it's like uh, right now there are still American troops there. But they don't know why, and then they're patrolling, and they're getting blown up from that IEDs, right? That, uh, uh, on the side of the street, they they put like that kind of trap bombs, what blows up their their trucks and so on. So the question is, why one more of such soldiers should die? For what? Yeah, yeah, it's an excellent question. <laughs> yeah, but, but that is the thing. But 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 what I meant with Ubarah is like. I try to talk about individual subject matters in a more, um, let's say, yeah, not partisan way, like a totally like, uh, I, I just try to see subject matter for subject matter. You yeah, know? almost like a scientific kind of way, like this This is the reasoning on both sides, but you yes. got to be the judge yourself, and this is what my opinion is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and, and I think it, it's, uh, uh, of course, where I totally disagree with Trump are uh, most of the other subjects, like <laughs> how, how can you open public uh, parks for fracking? How can you, like stuff like this, I mean, he makes too much things against the environment. Uh, also in the State of the Union, he didn't mention the environment with one line, uh, because of course he is massively sponsored by uh, a fracking, coal industry, uh, oil industry, 
and that that isolates him, right? So that isolates him in a way that any scientific dri driven logical thinking human being would say the biggest threat is not Russia. The biggest threat is global warming. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So uh, um, and and that is the thing. But no, yeah. I mean a lot of lot of political things happening. But when he said like the economy is booming, that is just total bullshit, right? I mean, look what happened. <laughs> Dow Jones index worldwide, the stock market uh, since three months is a crash, basically. It crashed yeah. down 10 to 20% everywhere. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it's not a boom at all. And, and the tariffs uh, with Canada, with the EU, with China, China are yeah. bad, bad for the economy for everybody. Uh, and and it's all how he always tries to, I mean, yes, China, they're using, they're using everybody. Right, so I'm 100% with him there, and I think they're totally doing espionage and stealing patents and whatever. But it's clear. But the but but the tariffs are only hurting American companies who are importing products from China, and it's, and they will spend more money. They, they will basically then charge the customer the money. You know, if you yeah. if Apple makes an iPhone in China and and it comes back and gets a twenty percent tariff on top, uh, yeah, what, what will Apple do? They just uh, raise the price of the iPhone twenty percent, and uh, the customer will pay it. And it's not that China has any, let's say, punishment from it. No, not even a little bit. And it's uh, like, oh, maybe because it's higher, there won't be as many bought. But that's ne negligible at that point. It's yeah. Simple economics, really. <laughs> I had a guy in my restaurant uh, who built the Apple iPhones, like a guy from China, and and he said he has he has like hundred eighty thousand employees in China putting cell phones together, right? So, but 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 only because you put a tariff on. You think if Trump thinks that hundred eighty thousand people are getting fired, and then you have hundred eighty thousand Americans putting cell phones together in America, it's just completely unrealistic. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's also 20 percent is not enough because it's way cheaper in China. So, you know, if you put a tariff on, you triple the iPhone cost, like whatever you say, like per iPhone, it's fifteen hundred US dollars tariff for China. Yes. Then Apple would pull the plug and would say, OK, now we have no choice. We have to manufacture in the US. But at the same time, Apple would have to fire hundreds of thousands of people because they would make way less sales. And way less, you know, like, of course, I mean, if, if you want that people buying a product, you cannot make it too expensive. And, and that is the tariffs basically making everything more expensive. And who suffers from it? The normal working population. You know, the billionaire who buys a cell phone every five months gives a shit if that cell phone is like if a $10,000 cell phone or 500 bucks cell phone. It's like for him, it's a drop in the bucket. But for everybody else, if a cell phone costs now twelve hundred bucks instead of three hundred bucks, uh, it's like buying a car. Yeah, yeah, it's it more and more crazy. It gets crazy, right? So excellent. Well, yeah. So excellent. More, more on that uh, to come. Uh, hopefully, in future episodes of Uve Bowl Raw. Now, a little, uh, little lighter questions, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. What, what kind of music do you listen to? Like when you're driving around the car and stuff. What, uh, what, what do you have in the the CD player? Uh. I mean, I, I listen, of course, to all the new stuff too, like Demi Lovato, whatever, whatever's in the radio. But if I if I listen to something I put on, it's more uh, older material, like uh, uh, Sin Lissy, Genesis, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, 
um, but also like sometimes I'm more in a harder mood, so I want a, 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 a you know Grateful Dead and stuff like this. And uh, I love Yes, for example. Oh, uh, you know, so and um, yeah, but um, it, it's it's a mix. But I grew up what was like dominating the 70s and 80s. Yeah. basically uh, dominated uh, um, my life when when I when I start being a fan, right? Queen, uh, uh, great great uh, <laughs> Neil Young. So uh, yeah, yeah, excellent. It makes sense. Yeah, I um, my. I, I was raised on that stuff as well. Like my dad was a huge like Pink Floyd fan and Grateful Dead and all those in the eighties. Uh, but yeah, that's good to know. And then, uh, so what, what do you do in your free time now? I see you have the the wonderful German restaurant Bauhaus there in Vancouver. Um, yeah. But when and if you get free time from that, like uh, what, what's a what's a typical time off for hey. Rubable? <laughs> so, so right now I have actually a passion project I'm working on. I hope we're getting it uh, uh, done. Is uh, a trophy hunter doku about like the poaching and trophy hunter craziness what's existing and uh i'm for a long time i support animals and animal rights and uh, i'm not against hunting you know if you hunt something and sure and eat it it's a different thing but this kind of crazy uh, trophy hunting what happens in africa where you have like basically a lion in a cage getting shot you know i mean like it, it's it's an absurdity and it, it has to get disallowed. And and uh, Trump, because his both sons are trophy hunters, uh, uh, reversed that rule of the import of like even lions, leopards, whatever. So it's already in effect that if you shoot a uh, whatever hippo in Africa, you can take it home. And I think uh, I, I never heard also Democrats saying anything about it. And I think that is a thing that that has to get reversed. Like in Europe, you cannot ship a giraffe, right? Or a, a, a lion. Like all the, the, the species are, are in danger for extinction. They are in Europe strictly banned. So, and so right now, uh, um, for example, there are around, I have the statistic even because I'm writing uh, on it. And uh, so you have from the, the trophy hunters, like 80% of the trophy hunters worldwide are from the USA. And uh, in the, um, they're killing 120,000 animals in Africa every year and ship them over to U.S. So think about that. That's 300 that's, a day. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, like, it's, it's around 18,000 U.S. hunters going to Africa every year and uh, shoot, shooting like tons of animals. And then they bring them back and pay a lot of money for a 10,000, 20,000, depending on what, what the animal is. And most of, of uh, uh, that farms kind of there in um, South Africa. And they basically, so what they do is they basically have like lines, uh, uh, like in a zoo basically, and then they, yeah. they multiply them so that they're not running out of lines. And then they, they leave them out in a very small area where they, they bait, bait them. And then the, the trophy hunter just sits there in his hideout and shoots them. You know, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, it is completely as bad as it can go. There is nothing worse as this. And and uh, I want to make a doku showing it, but going further, like really confronting politics with it. Um, you know, going out there and and trying to change the rule because now we're like elephants, rhinos, all that kind of uh, animals. They're down to two thousand, three thousand, right? So they're they're basically like 
uh, almost extinct already. And uh, if we don't stop the madness in the next few years, they're done. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a week with the st statistics, you know, that's <laughs> 2,000 animals a week. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, is this the most killed from the 120,000 to bring it like in a, in a, uh, 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 in an amount is because they're all statistics, right? So, yeah. uh, for example, in Canada, also 70,000 black bears were shot in the last 10 years. 70,000. I mean, it's a completely absurd. And uh, so 6,000 lions, 5,000 elephants, 4,700 leopards, and 350 rhinos were killed. And uh, so the rest is basically uh, like this kind of bulls, right? The water buffaloes and stuff like this, deer. Yeah. They have then the horns hanging. They're, of course, cheaper. You know, yeah. so much money, you just go there and shoot an antelope, basically, right? So, but I mean, they have everything for you. And, uh, but, but it's, it's, um, it's a perversion and, uh, we cannot have like 0.001% of the worldwide population determine that there will be no more lions on earth. Yeah. That's, and, and is this documentary in conjunction with like a, like a federation or something protecting them or is it just kind of your own passion project? No, I don't I, know if... I'm in contact to a lot of different, like the, uh, um, there is a rhino protection uh, fund in uh, Mozambique, ex-military people. I support them for years. I can film there. Uh, PETA, of course, is supporting this and uh, there are like stop poaching now. There are a lot of groups, right? But what are they doing? They, the, most of them are collecting money and collecting signatures. You know, but if you sign that kind of petitions, like stop the ice bear hunt, whatever, right? So, but it's, yeah. I mean, we all know that it has no impact. I think it's time to really go after, uh, to, to shame them, to blame them, you know, to go after them in public and to go after the politics too and say, look, why are you not going now, now where the Democrats have, have the, the, uh, 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 the Senate? That you know that that uh, no the, the Congress that they uh, they should put something in stop poaching yeah. now like no more imports of trophies end of the story I mean if you can it would already I would say then there would still people fly there to just kill the animal but it would dwindle down to ten percent because they all want them on their office walls, right? So, I mean, it's like, if you cannot take it with you, uh, I don't think so many people would be willing to, to shelf out so much money. Yeah, so, that so is something I hope Netflix will give us the production money for, you know, like, or, you know, like, I, that is something I think it's worth it to uh, uh, approach. And I have uh, a lot of friends and, and producers, they, they want to help with this. So, uh, let's see if we get something together. Yeah, and definitely keep us posted on that because, yeah, that, that'd be great just to get the awareness out there again, kind of focusing more on like the environment and climate and stuff than perhaps political correctness or yeah. what, what people say as opposed to what they do. I mean, that's, that'd definitely be a great shift overall, I would think. Um, and Netflix is a good venue for that because, you know, a lot of people have it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the, 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 the big advantage of, of Netflix or Amazon is it, it's basically cheap right and but you get millions of views if they push you yeah. you know if, if they put you up on the main front page you will have millions of viewers the first day they're posting it if you uh, try to do a theatrical release we all know uh, it doesn't work you know i mean if you release roma 
uh, in the movie theaters, nobody will go and watch it. I mean, you know, so that is the, I mean, it's the advantage of a, of a screening, uh, streaming service like Netflix. You can also get a little more, especially docos uh, or uh, subject matters out there. There would be maybe not successes in the in the theatrical world. So, how how do you want to be remembered? Like you know, there there is a perception, uh, you know, obviously being a famous director and everything. But is there like a lasting impression that you want to leave with people? I know, like you're uh, with, with Uwe Boll Raw and kind of the information you're trying to bring out to people. Is there something that you want to be remembered for in the future? Not no remembered but I, I i will try to be a, a more like active political active you know with the raw or dokus or getting political active maybe in germany soon uh you know doing things to change things for real or to to uh help you know uh i think that is more important as to think about a film legacy or something you know i mean from the 30 movies i would say are maybe five really really good and then there may be 10 uh, uh, 10 okay and maybe 15 were not good right so but it's also like part of my life and you have to do it and and uh, I had the opportunity to do it so I did it uh, that, that is how it goes but I, I prefer that I made a lot of movies in comparison to I was thinking for 10 years about a movie and it has to be that, that super masterpiece you know and then after 10 years you finally make the movie and it's maybe completely crap Dr. Bull, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck with the restaurant, the documentary, uh, obviously the Kickstarter with Uwe Bull Ra. Is there just any uh, any last thoughts you'd like to get? get <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, last thoughts you'd like to let our listeners know about, or places we can go to help support, maybe uh, something with the the documentary or uh, your other efforts. Yeah, I mean, the best would be just follow Ball Raw, right? Because I will soon uh, bring that there to attention with the video. And uh, maybe we're starting a Kickstarter with this. That would actually really make sense. And, um, yeah, just follow this. And then I would say we, we should do this again, maybe in six months, seven months, uh, mm -hmm. and follow up on everything, what happened in between. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Bull. Okay, thank you. Bye. Right. Thank you. Bye. Have a good night. Good night. Bye.